0: And welcome to another podcast of two mics with two mics, not two dykes with two mics. (laughs) Two mics with two mics. I'm Pastor Mike, and I have a microphone.
1: And I'm Pastor Michael, and I have a microphone. And what uh, (laughs) my senior pastor, Pastor Mike, is referring to is we become aware, and it's totally an awesome, ironic thing, but we become aware that when you search for two mics with two mics, You might get another podcast that says Two Dykes with Two Mics. And uh, they pretty much, yes, it is not us. We don't identify as one either. Um, But (laughs) it is the exact opposite type of podcast um, than this one, because this one involves the word. And that one, I think you can surmise by the name, is a little bit different. But uh, we are Two Mics with Two Mics. And today we are doing another segment of what I love. The comical segment we like to call cultural contrast. So today we will be covering uh, a little bit more of the church culture, specifically in the category of worship and church culture, or ministries, things of that nature. So, in cultural contrast, if you are new to this segment, um, we are going to find out what it was like in the prime of Pastor Mike's in day,
0: seventies and eighties,
1: bell bottoms and mustaches roamed free. And uh, then we'll come back to my childhood in the 90s, and uh, then we'll talk about today. So, Pastor Mike, tell us a little bit about worship in the 70s. Okay,
0: worship in the 70s, believe it or not, even in uh, Assembly of God churches, they still many, many times would use hymnals. Mm. And so songs like The Old Rugged Cross, Amazing Grace, There's Room at the Cross for You, In the Garden. Songs of that nature, we would sing right out of hymnals. Somewhere in the, in the seventies, early eighties, we switched from hymnals over to I'm no kind of slides, but they weren't slides. They were overhead projectors. Yep. And so you would write the songs on this clear transparency. You would tape it to a border. You would put that on this <laughs> atrocious-looking projector, which would then blurrily shoot it. Blurrily, I can say that Blurrily. Like, shoot it About onto concrete. a screen. Con- concrete. And so, uh, and, and to be honest, sometimes they would put maybe a verse or two of a hymn on there. But typically in the 80s, the songs went from uh, on a hill far away to... Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his grace is sufficient for me.
1: Now, real quick, okay, for those who don't know, because maybe they are of the younger generation, or maybe they're new to the faith, what's a hymnal?
0: A hymnal Mm -hmm. is a book, a hymn, H-Y-M-N, not a H-I-M book. (laughs) Sad for you girls. That's politically incorrect. Right, that would be today. (laughs) But it's a hymnal, H-Y-M-N-A-L, or H-Y-M-N, a hymn A book that contained hymns written by great people like Fanny Crosby, like... uh, Don't laugh. Charles Wesley. Uh, No, that was her name. It was. Uh, And she did a lot of good songs. And so uh, they would contain that. So everybody, there would be a book in the pew. And so whoever was leading the worship, which a lot of times was the pastor... And they would have someone on the piano and someone on the organ.
1: Some churches did suffer with pastoral worship teams. Yeah, yes,
0: they did. <laughs> and uh, then he would say, turn to page 494, we're going to sing the old rugged cross, and we're going to do verses 1, 2, and 4. I don't know why at times they would leave out certain verses.
1: Mm. You know what's funny is, and I'll say this, because even though it was in the 70s, I was in um, an Assemblies of God church in New York where... The church itself was like from the 1700s, something ridiculous, just really old. They had the pews, they had the hymnals, the stained glass, and the same thing would occur on occasion where, hey, open up your hymnal and turn to this or that. So in terms of the worship itself, were there, because Keith Green played a part back in the day from what I understand of modernizing a little bit more of of the worship. So what did it look like in terms of like, was it just like voices? Was it... Did someone come in with a ukulele, or did they have the Uh, classic tambourine?
0: We didn't bring Tiny Tim in.
1: Sister Sunflower with her tambourine?
0: Uh, We did have Sister (laughs) Sunflower, or at times when she didn't know how to play, Sister Sandpaper. (laughs) Now, a tambourine is one of those instruments like drums. You either make music (laughs) out of it, or you're just banging the drums Mm. and making a noise that no one can tolerate. (laughs) <laughs> there are tambourine players, oh of which I'm goodness. proud to say I am one that could actually play the tambourine in a in a nice, uh, succinctive way. Tempo is a must. Lick the thumb and run it along the skin to make different of the tambourine to make goodness. different vibrations. And then there were tambourine whackers, and that's typically what you would have. I remember one time, and this was in the '90s where we had a tambourine whacker at our Assembly of God church here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Sounds right. And she (laughs) was so bad that my middle son, John, and I one time Mm. got to church early and hid her tambourine (laughs) in the baptismal.
1: You know, I'll I'll say this. When it came to tambourines, because that was also, and I'll, I'll talk about that a bit, but that was also something big in the 90s, like you said. If you don't know how to keep a tempo... If you can't clap to a song, keeping the tempo, the tambourine is not for you. Not for you. Not for you. So, okay, so tambourine, what I else? I
0: mean, we, we had, like you, we had people that they, they couldn't, <laughs> especially if you clapped on the upbeat.
1: Like trying to scare away a cat down. or something. You yeah. know, like, <laughs> get out of here. It's
0: just horrible. <laughs> so then, you know, like you said, Keith Green came out. And, of course, people like Dallas Holm begin to come out. In the 80s, and and so pretty soon, you know, churches began to allow, you know, a guitar on the stage.
1: Did you have a first experience with that where you were like...
0: Not that I can recall, but I do recall that acoustic guitars were way before electric guitars. And then uh, when they finally brought the drums on the platform, Mm. boy, that Mm. was when the older people, which I am one now, uh, they really began to rebel.
1: And I am for the drums, uh, because being a drummer. And so I am for, I'm pro tempo and I'm not afraid to put up my politician thumbs to tell you about it. Tempo's good. Um, so when they did bring it up, so did you embrace that? Did you enjoy it?
0: Oh yeah. We embrace, you know, my wife and I were in our early twenties in the seventies. We were 20 years old when we got born again in 1974 we were 21 when we got filled with the Holy Ghost the next year. And so, we, yeah, we were in it. We loved, uh, but I grew up in Assembly of God Church from the time of birth to when I was 10 years old. So I was used to hymnals. I was used to, and a lot of rich uh, biblical truth are in hymnals. Not that yep. they're not in the other songs, but there seem to be more so in the hymnals.
1: It's almost like it's right of the Bible or, or something. I don't know. But uh, tell us a little bit about then. So now we have a little bit of worship. Um, typically, was it a lot of sitting, standing? Was there dancing? Was it raising of hands? What did, what did it look like? Not just the songs, but the people actually worshiping?
0: Depend on the church you went to.
1: Okay, give me, the give church me two that different we got experiences saved in Yeah. in
0: In the 70s, was here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Still here, just a different name. And uh, there was no lifting of hands. This was not a spirit-filled church. By spirit-filled, I mean this was not a church that preached on the baptism in the Holy Ghost with the biblical evidence of speaking in tongues. This so they, they,
1: they anointed their pockets, is what you're saying. Or what, what are they doing with their hands? What do you do with pocket. your hands? Yeah, the, the instead of up here,
0: you're they're in the pocket. You only need one hand, right? Well, if you're talented,
1: fair enough. Go ahead. I mean,
0: hymnals did hit the floor. <laughs> or if I don't, at the first church we went, they never made the transition from hymnals to the overhead the screen projector. With yeah, the overhead projector. Okay. And so, uh, but other churches, yeah, they when they went to the screen with the overhead projector, especially the Assembly of God, uh, Church of God out of Cleveland, Tennessee, non-denominational charismatic or Pentecostal churches, yes, they would uh, raise their hands, many of them in worship. And a lot of those choruses had had great words also. Mm -hmm. I think of it, you know, He is Lord, He is Lord, He is risen from the dead, and He is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess Mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is Lord. I mean, just great, great choruses. Some of them, though, a little goofy. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. <laughs> hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know, just uh, and so some well, people were for trying those to go with through...
1: <laughs> with uh, leg problems, running, <laughs> leaping over a wall is pretty uh, miraculous. Pretty you know. Miraculous. Um, so okay, so then tell me a little bit about, I guess, the ministries that you saw that were kind of, I guess, uh, run of the mill, like typical, typical ministries that you would see at a church in those times? Was there a children's church? Was there a Sunday school? Was there a, um, Were there home groups at that time? Things of that nature. Because obviously this is when the church is becoming a little bit more right. what we see today. So what, what did you see kind of develop?
0: In the 70s, I don't remember any specific children's church. All, there's always a nursery, which is always <laughs> short of nursery workers. And even today, same thing. But instead of children's church, there would be a Sunday school, and so while the adult Sunday school was going on, then the uh, children's Sunday school would be going on, and then hold uh, on a second, hold on, yeah,
1: adult Sunday school, adult okay, Sunday explain school. that
0: adult Sunday school before or after the main worship? Some okay. churches would do a nine o'clock worship and then a ten o'clock Sunday school. Most, I think, were reversed, where Sunday school was at 9 a.m. and then your main church service was at 10 a.m.
1: And was that more or less like a Bible study, or was it like a teaching diving into a specific thing? In the... Yes.
0: It was both. Okay, fair enough. Sometimes it was a Bible study, sometimes tambourine a, class, how to keep a, a temper. That's what they needed. How One find, person there. How to find your tambourine when someone hid it from you.
1: There's a sermon, how to find your tambourine. Oh, man. <laughs> when the devil has hidden it from you. <laughs> anyway, go on, go uh, on. And so
0: there would be Sunday school and then there would be it would be church. I, for the life of me, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was in the, I mean, I'm sure some churches in the 70s uh, gravitated to a children's church a children's ministry uh but for the most part like during after sunday school like our children our children sat with us in church
1: did they sit through the whole thing sermon the whole so whole thing. worship and sermon worship so and it was sermon. sunday school simultaneous before and then simultaneously the whole family was in there. the
0: whole family
1: okay okay so what other ministries did you see I feel like we're just going to go on you today because I'm interviewing you pretty well right now.
0: You're doing a great job. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm going to pat myself on the back. They didn't call them
0: home groups per se. Again, I think that started to develop more. I mean, in the 80s, but I mean, d- different churches around the country were trendsetters. And they had things before the rest of the church.
1: Was there a big trendsetter in the, uh, in the 70s, 80s? Like a, like a big-name church that you could think of.
0: Oh, a big-name church in the 80s? Yeah,
1: that started like, you know,
0: hey, we're going to call them home groups, you know. I'm sure there were, but for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it. Fair enough. I'm sure there were. Um, so
1: what other ministries did you see? So you had Sunday school, you had children's Sunday school, nursery, which, again, Jesus loves the little children, mm-hmm. but for some reason we have a problem finding others who will do that on a Sunday morning. <laughs> um <laughs> So what other ministries did you see kind of start to pop up that were fairly fresh, I guess?
0: Well, fairly fresh. Well, in the 70s. Because we always had prayer meetings.
1: Um, One would hope.
0: A lot of churches would have prayer time before the service would begin. I don't know what else you're after.
1: I'm after everything. Everything. I want that tambourine ministry. I want to hear that at some point they all got together and... Figured out how to you know, keep obviously that tempo.
0: there were uh, church picnics. That was a, a common thing in the 70s and 80s. And we, okay. we've even done that in the early 2000s mm. where we'd reserve a shelter or something at Holmes Lake. And then after church, you know, during the nicer months, we would meet there to have our lunch and whatever, not to worship or, or anything else. We would just all gather there for fellowship.
1: Oh, fair enough. So... I'm just trying to think if there's any other... I think that pretty much covers a Well, bit. I will say, say this. If you After more, my please. wife and
0: I were filled with the Holy Ghost, we began to hang around like people. Other people that were filled with the Holy Ghost that spoke in tongues, they had, in the 70s, they would have special meetings where we would just come together And we would fellowship, and then we would spend anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour in prayer. But some of those were good, and some of those gravitated towards the personal prophecy.
1: Where you would lay
0: hands on somebody, Mm. pray for... I mean, you were taught this. Lay hands on somebody, pray for them in tongues, and then whatever came to your mind, give it to them. Which... I'll admit some of those were right on, but some of those were just flat out goofy.
1: Can like, you give me one weird give example, an please? Example that, uh, <laughs> someone
0: told my w- wife and I, they laid hands on us and well, they laid hands on her and they said, I see you in a field of flowers mm. and I can't remember the rest. Another one said, I laid hands, I see you driving a pickup truck with a camper on it, Mm. and you are going around the United States evangelizing. Well, at that meeting, right after that, a man came up to us, to my wife and I, and said, you know, I have a pickup truck uh, with a camper on it, and I feel the Lord wants me to give it to you, but I can't because I still owe money on it. I'm still making payments. What do you do with that? I just looked at him and said, thank you.
1: See, I would be, I'd be making jokes like, well, did the Lord tell you or not, sir?
0: Let me get on that, <laughs> which this still happens today. This is a little, I would call it a rabbit trail, but now I'm calling them Holy Ghost trails. Oh. Uh, people throw that phrase around, the Lord told me too much. I know God speaks to us. I know some people have actually heard the audible voice of God. I never have. I've had God speak to me in my in my spirit, in my inner man, and I'm sure many of you have had God speak to you. But there are people that will use that phrase, you oh, know gosh.
1: As a the shield. Lord,
0: the Lord spoke to me.
1: Yeah. They'll use it as a
0: shield. They use it as a shield. when you say God said, to me, that's very reverent. And and there should be a a certain reverential fear of the Lord when you say that. Not just we say. I mean, we have someone. It, we've had someone in our church in the past. You know, God told me to go to Tulsa. God told me to go to Bible school. They would move. They'd go to Tulsa. Two months later, they'd be back. Well, wh- yeah. what what happened? I thought God told. Well, God told me to come back. You know, God's not like that.
1: No, the, you can, you know. It, You want to be careful using that. And we got to get back on the lighter side of things. But you want to be careful using that. It's okay to say, I feel like the Lord told me. Because you could say, I feel like the Lord told me. Because then you're leaving yourself some room to go, you know what? I think I heard wrong. right? And I need to discern the voice of the Lord a little bit better than I did this last time. Um, But yeah, people use it as a shield. Because then if they come up to a pastor, either one, any of them, and they go, the Lord told me to blank. What are you supposed to say to that? Other, unless it goes directly against the word, you can't really say much to it. It's okay. just kind of like, okay, well,
0: go and do it then. I've Tell people, well, <laughs> if that's what the Lord told you, why are you asking me? I'm not exactly. going to countermand the Lord. Exactly. Let's let's find out how much time do we have. Can you give me some? Uh,
1: can you give me some fingers there? Wow. Well, I I interviewed you really well, so we're going to have to. We
0: didn't even get to we didn't even get weird to the 90s. Heavenly tarot cards. Yeah, we'll
1: get we'll get to that. Grave we'll get to soaking because that.
0: that's that's today.
1: Because we still have to talk about the nineties, because the nineties actually were pretty rich too, in terms of their lyrics and, and things of that nature. But I will say this, and we can end on this note. Um, you have three sons, okay?
0: My three sons.
1: My <laughs> My Three Sons. Um I remember when I was younger, the overhead projector was a thing, but now they figured out how to print, actually, like print the letters on it, you know, like put it through a printer all that stuff. Or the lyrics, I mean. And uh I remember the pastor's son, the privileged child, would be the one controlling the overhead projector and putting the clear ones on and taking them off and at some point he gets so good with it, it was so smooth, you know, it's like wow. It was ready the the, the next verse was ready when we were done with the chorus, it was perfect. But then you'd have that one off where like it's like some other kid, like a friend of the pastor's kid and he doesn't know what he's doing. He's got the verses on there. He's twiddling his thumbs and picking his nose and then you're on the course and it's like, "Oh, crud." And he switches them and it was just a horrible operator. Did you give your children the privilege of operating the overhead projector? And did they do it well?
0: I don't. <laughs> you'd have to ask my wife. I don't remember giving them the privilege of doing that, but I do remember a couple of people that did do it, and yes, they were behind
1: a couple The of under guys. The p- overhead projector understudies were really terrible at it for some reason, and I don't know why, um, but uh, for now, we're going to have to do the second segment of Cultural Contrast talking about the 90s and talking about modern times in terms of differences between mm-hmm. back then and today. We're going to have to do that another time, so... Thank you for tuning in to half of another Cultural Contrast. Please like and subscribe. Um, If you have any questions, please email ask2, spelled out T-W-O, ask2mikes at gmail.com. Mikes Um,
0: is M-I-K-E-S. That's
1: right. Not microphones. Mikes, as in Michael. Not
0: ask2dykes.
1: You don't want to ask them about Two mics because we, we, we're not looking to start a feud. No, we're just we're looking not. to be a more popular search.
0: Yeah, we didn't name them. We didn't name that. They named it. No,
1: no, we did not. I, I think that's a, just a pleasurable coincidence. That's all I'm going to say. It's a pleasurable coincidence. So hopefully, we get some... Maybe some of you are leaning that way. Welcome to Two mics and Two mics. We love you, we love and we you. want you to experience the love of God, yes. and... Uh, Learn a little bit about the church culture back in the 70s. So please tune in next time where you find out more about the church culture in the 90s and then what it looks like today, uh, because it is quite comical in some ways and uh, also admirable in other ways. So uh, we love you. I'm Pastor Michael.
0: I'm Pastor Mike, signing off for two mics with two mics, and we really do love every person, and we really do want every person I don't care how you look. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what lifestyle you have chosen. That's right. We love you and we want you to really know the person of Jesus Christ, not religion, the person of Jesus and his love for you. In Jesus' name. Bless you.